0: Talking down the highway, Beach Boys podcast presented by Strange Currencies Music. I'm Matt.
1: I'm Glenn. I'm Tim. Hi Tim. Hey. Hi Bowie. Yeah, that um, sounds like a pet. Yeah, it was a pet. Hmm. Uh, Bowie was especially pet today when when I walked in. He was he was very petty pet yeah. like barking pet <laughs> like lots of barks from Bowie today. Oh. Uh, I think maybe he forgot me. Yeah. Every week, I come in. It sounds like and more like an
2: attack dog than a pet. Uh,
1: seriously, mm-hmm. Bowie is vicious. Um, he barks a lot. So he's co- overcompensating for his
2: small size. What have
1: you been feeding that dog, Matt?
0: No, I don't feed him. Crystal um, mouth. <laughs> there you
1: right, go. There yeah. And meth. And meth.
2: Yeah,
1: um, yeah we, we had some crack pie uh, this week. Um, family over for the <laughs> weekend. Really talking,
2: That's good. Uh, that was the name it, of the it, recipe. It, it was so pie. good that apparently just, it's like crack i
1: don't know <laughs> it was apparently it was some restaurant in san francisco um it developed it and what is it what's yeah, it? i don't know it's like a crack of a of a from no the restaurant named it that okay uh, but the restaurant was in san francisco so does it have like a fissure running uh, through the middle of it I or something okay. i don't
2: yeah well great but you know <laughs> all
1: right well
2: i'm going to try and push that in
1: from dogs on crack dogs on crack
0: this uh, is what i'm saying Happy New Year to yeah. everybody. Yeah, it will be. It, it will be by the time this episode drops. We're still recording this back in ye olden days. Uh, <laughs> you know, People are going to wonder, did they record this episode when the world was still black and white? Mm-hmm. And we will wonder, did you record, uh, are you listening to this episode in a year in which... You know, They're I mean, flying cars, yeah, flying yeah. cars, and and does democracy survive twenty twenty four? Let let us know future Matt, Tim, and Glenn.
1: I feel like we've we've done this joke already, and well, we them.
0: we on the old show we we had to prepare for contingencies. Yeah, there were because lots of we contingencies. recorded we recorded an episode at the end of the year once, and we. The world, like, practically ended. Well, like, there was there was concern, right? Yeah, there was going to be, like, volcanoes or some shit like that. So we had to... We like I think we hitched our wagon to the yeah. volcano thing, and that didn't end up happening. Mm, but,
2: but. Well, there was a pretty good one over okay. in Iceland. Um, I think it's toned down, though, the eruptions over there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it could happen again. A oh. oh. crack in the earth hey, could open Hey, out. a fissure. Well, uh-huh. this, this episode's dropping on January 5th, so okay. if anything crazy happens on... You know, the next day, January 6th, yeah. in memory of a crazy thing that happened <laughs> yeah. before, Another cool then attempt. people will at least still be alive to hear this episode. Yeah. Where
0: were you on January 6th, people? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Certain answers to that question <laughs> will get you a permanent ban from talking down the highway of <laughs> yeah. Beach Boys podcast. Right. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
2: Send us your responses on Instagram.
0: But, uh, uh, you know who's not listening? The guy who like tased himself in the balls. <laughs> and died of a fucking heart attack. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Okay. He's gone. He's gone. (laughs) Yeah. That's Um, too bad. (laughs) No. Sounds like he could have
2: really contributed a lot to the world. It's one of the
0: great stories of American history, (laughs) which by the way, that never happened. But the stuff that he was there, you know, protesting, Mm -hmm. ostensibly protesting about, never happened either. Uh. So we might as well just remember that as his legacy, that Mm. he fucking died, tasing himself in the balls and having a heart attack. And oops, what are you going to (laughs) do? This was Mike Love, right? <sighs> Mike Love. Where was Mike Love? Where was Mike Love? Do we have uh, Wait, can we do a? can we do a set piece in the intro? <laughs> We've never done this before, but you know what? It sounds like it's time for an episode of Heroes and Villains. What? Heroes and Villains, where we discuss the heroes and the villains, whatever it is we happen to be discussing this week. And this week, we are apparently talking about January 6th. <laughs> <laughs> you got a whole... Capital few, insurrection. Wow. You, you got a lot of potential villains here, hmm, right? Wow. Um, do we start with the villains? Yeah, I it, mean, normally we start with the heroes, but it's just so many <laughs> fucking villains. Uh, uh, all right, villains. Uh, no, here, here. Uh, hero? Uh, well... The guy who who died patriotically, tasing himself in the bar. <laughs> I mean that's
2: pretty heroic.
0: I mean it's a good story for the rest of us
2: now. There were some uh, ACAB, but there were some. uh, (laughs) There was that one cop that led
0: the peep the crowd away from you know whoever. Yeah, that guy's all right. Yeah, he's okay. Capital police are not police. right? these are are people who are like doing security checks. Are we
1: talking about in Salem? Are we talking about... Oh, well, that's oh, a whole different one. Yeah, that was had, January 6th. We had our own little
0: January yeah, 6th Yeah, we here did. And, uh, villains, Mike Neerman. Mike uh, Neerman, yeah, Definitely. Fuck Neerman. <laughs> that guy. Uh, <laughs> shout out to our friends in Galactic North Cinerator. <laughs> that's right. Mike Love was probably Mike Love was there, right? right? I
2: mean, all he would have to do is either shave or wear like some kind of bandana and then not wear a hat and no one, no would, one would ever would recognize, recognize yeah, him. Because yeah. the top of his head hasn't been seen in
0: decades. M- Mike Love, where were you on January 6th? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Until we know the answer... Villain. you're a villain mm-hmm. and yeah and when we do know the answer you're, you're still, a villain. still a villain <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you know what i'm
2: gonna go ahead and say mike love probably you know told trump to do it to tell people <laughs> yeah, to that's do his that. idea huh they're buddies uh, uh, i think and
0: again both eternal villains yes right. we, we actually got a comment from one of our uh listeners Ooh. on a uh, on our post from episode one of pet sounds He hasn't listened to it yet. This is a new new listener. That's Um, always good. Uh uh, It appears that his name is Murray, which Mm -hmm. Uh is a little worrisome. That's dangerous. (laughs) That's not a good name in Beach Boys lore. But anyway, uh, he said he loves the show. He said he, nice. he's not among those who love Pet Sounds. Ooh, he actually said that it's his least favorite of the Capitol Records, which wow. well, we're going to agree to disagree Old. on that yeah. one, buddy. But anyway. Wow. Um, he said he loves the show so far. Wow. Um, he's a little tired of the Mike Love hate. Not <laughs> our Mike Love hate, but I think just Mike in Love general. hate in the general community, which, okay. you know, again, it's not something we're going to see eye to eye on. But he did say quite specifically mm-hmm. in his comment that he hates Trump. Oh, good. So I said, you know, we might not agree on everything, but we can be united in our <laughs> so, Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, so, he, he, might not,
1: he may not like this episode, though, because...
0: Well, we're talking about Pet Sounds. We're talking
1: about Pet
2: Sounds, so he can maybe skip over this one. Cause maybe, but hey, loyal listener. Know. Yeah, great. We, we like our awesome. loyal listeners. Yeah. Love it. It is yeah. it is nice to know when someone is actually listening. Yeah.
0: Oh, know? yeah. Even
2: though we have, you know, a billion or whatever listeners. Yeah.
0: They remain faceless to mm-hmm. us by yeah, and large yeah. because they don't comment as much as mm-hmm. we right. would like them to. So, yeah. Thanks, Murray. A while, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and our like friend Justin. Um, and, yeah. Uh, and Tim's dad. My dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> those, right. Those are most of our commenters I up about this about that point. guy. But yeah. Thanks. Thanks, people. Mm-hmm. All right. Good episode here Heroes and Villas. Yay. Let, Yay. Let, Solid. Let's take a break. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to come back and talk about something other than January 6th. Yeah. Yay. And uh, this week we are talking about our our second half of our uh, two episode arc. I'm not pet sounds That's right. It's mm-hmm. a cliffhanger last time. Yeah, we we kind of left you off. Like, Uh-oh. are they gonna get to side two or not? When are we're they gonna s- get to the fireworks That's factory? Right. Well, we're getting to the fireworks <laughs> factory here. Mm, um, good stuff. Yeah, side two. Um, so we're not really talking any context right now. We're just kind of like diving right into mm-hmm. side two here because we left off. Um, talking mm-hmm. about Sloop John B, mm-hmm. great song, great song. Uh, but now we have flipped the record over, and we're gonna listen to side two. It took a whole week. It did, yeah. I, I don't know about y'all, uh, mm-hmm. but
1: I I was a big fan of just listening to side B. Mm-hmm. Um, put my headphones on and going yeah, to do it. Oof. I mean, when you start with God only knows, right? I mean, come on.
2: I mean, both. Like. It, I feel like the sequencing is very deliberately done. Like, they both sides start with just a perfect song right, right. off the bat. I uh, mean. go from
1: there. Dude, you drop the needle. And mm-hmm. on side A, wouldn't it be nice? Side B, God only knows. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't go wrong. Right. I, I, I would argue, again, and I've, I feel like I've said this before in some contexts. I don't know. But um, this is the perfect song. This is my yeah. favorite Beach Boys song. I was going to say,
2: I think it's probably my favorite too. It, mm-hmm.
1: Um it this one I don't want to talk about it too much mm-hmm. because I get emotional about this mm-hmm. song. Like this is like one of those songs that I almost don't want to critique or analyze oh, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or listen to closely. That was mm-hmm. one of the things I was concerned about this week uh of going and just being responsible for side B mm-hmm. of of bad sounds is I didn't want to listen to it too much yeah, yeah, and yeah. wear it out. And so like And then I, weep on the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> and so like I, I I listened to um you know I made like little um playlist on my um on my iPod um um, not not really iPod, your original iPod. Yeah, my original iPod mm-hmm. uh, on the little the click spin wheel, mouse yeah. wheel. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but I but I listen to the stereo. Yeah, then I listen to the B side mm-hmm. um, on mono. Yeah, then I listen to the instrumental only.
2: Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there's some key differences um, between the stereo mix and the mono stuff, like the original mono because they didn't do a stereo mix. I don't think until years and years later. Uh I don't know, right? I I could Mm -hmm. be wrong. They may have done one at the time, but the one that came out in like 96 Mm -hmm. had some differences specifically with this song Mm -hmm. because the only voices on the song are Carl singing lead, Mm -hmm. uh, Brian and Bruce. And in the mono version, the outro is, I think it's Brian doing two parts and then Bruce is the one that sounds a little bit more, his voice is almost more like like a cartoon Not not a cartoon character But mm-hmm. you know he's, he's very proper God only knows uh-huh, Like that Right, That's Enunciated, him right. And then that's the fade out For that version But apparently on the stereo mix That came out in the 90s Like that version of it Was lost So See different. Tim Already
1: You're getting too much Into the weeds <laughs> for me Like this is where I'm getting like defensive I'm like Stop Stop <laughs> Breaking it down. This uh, is just
2: a beautiful song. A, a song is like gossamer and one does not dissect <laughs> gossamer.
1: So that's I mean, Seinfeld. Thank you. Um I, I don't know. I, I that was part of my problem is I didn't want to listen too mm-hmm. closely to the stereo, to the right, right. and then the mono and, and the differences, because I didn't want to pick it yeah, apart. Yeah, like, you do not want to dissect part, it. Part of me is like, I just want to picture Carl. Mm-hmm. I just want to picture like um you know, it's a perfect vocal, perfect yeah, perfect yeah. vocal, and and just like think about all the different times that this song's been performed, mm-hmm. and think about like that that first time that that they performed this after Carl passed, oh, okay. and how mm-hmm. how um, that went down, and what's it like now that Carl's gone? Is this song still resonate, and and what is that? And I don't know, just like all the yeah. feelings, all the all the emotions.
2: Yeah, I get. It. I just it, for me on less of an emotional side, I just think it's kind of interesting that those are the three voices involved here. Like hmm. Carl doing a lead is mm-hmm. is rare yeah. enough, and then Bruce and Brian and yeah. like none of the other guys is just kind of interesting to me. Yeah, and that's it's what, one of
0: the things that makes it a perfect song. Is that Mike <laughs> loves? Hey, it, yeah, the <laughs> with it. hey, true. hey, and, and yet he probably sued to get writing credits. He did. Oh uh, no, wait, actually, I don't know on this one.
1: Well, that's another thing about Pet Sounds is the vocals are a little, they are still Beach Boys vocals, but like you're saying, like there's kind of different, a, a little bit different arrangements. Not that traditional Mike Love on the rockin' mm. verse and, right. you know, then the f- f- Ooh, the and, yeah. big harmonies
2: on the chorus. Mike Love's name is not, aye, uh, as a, not credited.
0: Good, good. Um. Yeah, and I love again. You, you guys already hit on one of the points I want to talk about. That that Brian delegates to Carl. Like, mm-hmm. I want you to take this lead. Um, and it, it's a inspired choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Carl just delivers this fantastic yeah. vocal performance. Of course, Brian would have done great on it, but but he hands it off to mm-hmm. Carl, and it's just such a a warm take that that just perfectly complements this. It's right. massive. Brian does
2: song. apparently he he did a version he with did, him singing Yeah, you, I don't you know can if that ever them. was that, was yeah, that, was yeah, that available. I feel yeah. like I've heard it. Okay. Um, and again,
1: it I think it just underscores how this song is is inextricably tied to Carl. Yeah. Like there's something that is just iconically I don't know if it's like there's an innocence about Carl or mm-hmm. there's a an honesty about
2: him or a, um I don't there know. There is, is. There's some kind of innocence or something. I don't know what you'd call it, but I think like not it's to, magical. I, I wouldn't change our rating system, but I think my order of, you know, Beach Boys would probably put Carl second Oh, at wow. this point. Shame. But yes. I, I'm no, not, no, 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 no. I'm not
0: really against that either. Yeah, I'm not either, not either but yeah. although I, Dennis
2: I, is great. By the way, anniversary of his passing oh. 40 years ago, oh uh, two days ago, two days ago. from now, the 28th. Yeah. Okay, but not the the fifth. When you'll be listening when you'll be listening to when this, listening
0: to this. Yeah. you're just confusing the people. I'm confused. Don't, don't confuse the people.
1: Well, around this time, yes, um, we we remember. I mean, yeah, beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful Good song. song.
0: It, it's great. Um, mm-hmm. Century of song. Yeah, yeah. Number four. Number four. Yep. Number four. As it yeah. should
1: be. Um, what well,
0: isn't? The, didn't and there are plenty of times where I've called yeah. this my favorite song ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and meant it. But and, and and it came in number four. On you're not
1: alone. Paul McCartney
0: calls Paul McCartney, this his yes. favorite song of all time.
2: Uh, Carol, a guy who knows a thing or two About yeah, writing right. Diddy. Mm-hmm. Carol Kay plays a 12 string bass On this Ooh, apparently 12 mm-hmm. string um, bass Also just wow. I guess a real quick Context thing is uh, Apparently Saying God in a song Was controversial mm, at that point That's what they say mm-hmm. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and in the like Wikipedia When it talks about What the song's about It's like It's about a relationship That can only be understood By God It's like I mean it, it's, At this point It's just an expression, yeah, like, it's God, an expression. God knows Yeah I guess back then maybe it wasn't as common of an expression, and it actually like had more meaning, and it was a little bit controversial. But at this point, it just seems silly. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. that does seem silly. Mm-hmm. That does
2: seem
1: silly. Although I think maybe the the mention of God in it might elevate it like to this kind of
2: magical, mystical, spiritual. I mean, the whole thing is element. kind of. Um, Brian thought of this whole thing as being kind of a religious experience. I yeah. Think, right. The whole process of making the
1: album. So, yeah. And there's something mm-hmm. there, there is something you, you feel something, uh, I don't know, un, unearthly about the, uh, the composition of it. The fact that there is some, there's something below the surface here that, mm-hmm. or above the surface, whatever, um, <laughs> that feels elevated. Um, uh. It's glorious. It's great. Good job, Tony Asher, Mm -hmm. um, on the lyrics.
0: Five stars is not enough for this No, 27
2: (laughs) stars. All right. Okay. All right. Next one is uh, controversial in its own right. It is, yeah. I know there's an answer, is the name of it.
0: Yeah, as I said last week, if there was only one thing, um, Mm -hmm. and it's not if there was only one thing, the only thing I could say, I wish this were different about this album, the, the original chorus, Hang On To Your Ego. Hang
2: On To Your Ego. Um, and some of the other lyrics were tweaked a little bit too. Yeah. I, but most of them were, stayed the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is uh, one of the re-release bonus whatever uh, versions of Pet Sounds has Hang On To Your Ego mm-hmm. as like the final track. So it's out there to hear. Yeah. Um, I don't think Mike Love's on it at all. I think he refused to sing any of it. But oh, like
0: nice. Al and Brian uh, I think are doing the singing. Um, but this is uh, still. Wait, hold on, hold on. Okay. Great, your music does say that uh, that Mike Love does sing on it. On "Hang On to Your Ego." Uh, mm-hmm. Well, oh, oh, on, on. I know there's an answer. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Mike refused to sing. the right. Oh hates. my gosh. You know yeah.
1: what? Rate your music also has next to Mike Love's name
2: lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> well, so he has. He didn't write the lyrics, but he has songwriting credit because uh he, because he made because he him made change the name. He objected from to it. Hang on
1: to your ego till I know there's an answer. But
2: Brian is the one that went off and wrote new lyrics, as far as I know. Um, but Mike Love wouldn't sing the original one, so maybe that's his credit. I don't know. But uh, yeah, because because the whole ego thing, and this is another thing that seems silly these days, because you, you just kind of toss the word ego around as meaning like self-centeredness. Right. Of course, the like Freudian meaning Freudian, of it is, right, right. is like the self, but also just like the real world and mm-hmm. the, the thing that sort of negotiates between the id and like mm-hmm. your moral morality Um, and in this context, it's, you know, you take LSD and you experience ego death, which is the complete loss of subjective self-identity. Right. Uh, and so like the original title was let go of your ego because Brian had done LSD. And I guess the idea is that you want to achieve ego death, but then he changed it to hang on to your ego and it became more of a cautionary tale. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, like don't lose your identity, just, you know, Mm Frying your brain every day. And then of course, even that, Mike was like, why, why we don't want to be associated with all this drug right, shit. Right. So let's uh, just give it a whole new context. And I guess Brian that kind of like Brian at that point wasn't really all that resistant to it because he it sounds like it's got kind of like shook him a little bit. Um, and then he kind of sort of asked the other guys and it just became too controversial. He's like, Okay, fuck it, I'll write new lyrics. Um Which, I don't know. It's still a great song.
0: Yeah, it is.
2: I mean, lyrics aside and the, the lyrics are fine. Um, but lyrics aside, the you know, production value and all that, it's it's right up there with anything else on the record. Uh yeah. Asher Asher was not involved. It was a guy named Terry Sachin who wrote co-wrote the lyrics of Hang on to Your Ego.
0: I forgot to rewatch it this week just uh to um, make sure I remembered all the details specifically, mm-hmm. but I i mentioned last time that uh, Frank Black recorded for Mm -hmm. his debut album, Mm -hmm. um, Hang On To Your Ego, as originally written. And the music video for it is just like, they, they... he has like all of this stuff about Tony Asher. Like Tony Asher is literally in the music video. Really? And oh, it's yeah. about the role that he plays and writing all the lyrics for Pet Sounds. And he, he's like all over the place in the video. And then at the very end, it's like, but he did not write this song.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I, I listened to the... It's the like act- a
0: total 90s, you know, yeah. you know, indie rock uh-huh. music, like low budget, <laughs> dumb looking, you know, but yeah. Right? I got to look that up because I, I listened to the,
2: his, Frank Black's version of the song, but I didn't, didn't watch the video. It's like a disco song. Kind of, yeah, He did yeah. it. It's, it's cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Because Frank Black is cool, yeah. Oh, that first album is so great, and the second one is even better. I don't know if I've actually heard the first one. It's it's really great. Which one has Los Angeles on it? That's that same album. Yeah, the first, first one? Frank Black. Yep. Okay, yeah, yep. that is that one is really good. I'm a man. He was a good man. Frank Black is a hero. He is, mm-hmm. and we already yeah. did that segment, yeah.
2: but <laughs> we,
0: we did. But he's a hero. Yeah. Wait, is
2: this is that a baritone saxophone?
0: Oh, there's all kinds of... Yeah, probably. I, well, there's definitely a bass harmonica. So that's yeah. what
1: I'm... I, I don't bass see a bass solo. harmonica.
2: No, it's in it's in there. I don't know if... um I don't see a credit for it. It's listed here. But, but that's
1: definitely a bass harmonica, yeah. not a baritone
2: sax. There's a whole bass harmonica solo.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, let's see.
1: Um, personnel, personnel. Yeah, I mean, I was looking through the personnel. I couldn't see who it was, but is, isn't is it... Um, oh, yeah, no, there
2: it is. Tommy Morgan, bass Tommy harmonica. Tommy Morgan, there it is. Yeah, right. And a bass clarinet, apparently. Oh, see,
1: it just has... The one I'm looking at just says harmonica. Yeah. It doesn't say bass harmonica. But no, the Wikipedia has a
0: little
2: bit more specifics. Okay. Uh,
0: all right. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, next. Great stuff. Uh, Next, day we have uh, Here Today. Yeah.
2: Here Today, that's right. Um, great
0: song. Great song. Great song.
2: Uh, this was the one that... So, when I first listened to this album as a whole, like, it was at a point where I already knew that the hits, so to speak, like, so well that it was hard for me to to take it all in as a unit, as opposed to just like, wouldn't it be nice? Sleep John B. God only knows. Uh, and this was the song that kind of like sucked me in and was like, Oh, okay. This, these, you know, non, or I guess you'd call them deep cuts have a lot of value on their own. And like, I need to listen to them specifically and Mm -hmm. then go back and listen to everything together. But this was the one that really grabbed me.
1: I, the other thing that, the other thing that, um, intrigues me, on, on this one, and just go listen to it and think about what we know as a rock band or a, like a, you know, 60s pop group. Mm-hmm. There's no like classic drums. There's no like mm-hmm. Dennis Wilson playing the drums. Like there's not right. really a drum beat per se. No. It, it's, it's just all, it's composition, it's composed more like and arranged more like a symphonic symphonic piece. And I Mm -hmm. think that, that, that was what here today really struck me. Mm -hmm. This repeated kind of listens this week was like, my gosh, this is so complex. This is not like, um, you know, some mop tops in a garage, you know, banging away, uh, a garage rock song.
0: Right. right. And there is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing right. wrong with that.
2: that.
1: <laughs> but, and that's what <laughs> I'm saying. Like oftentimes yeah. when we think of, you know, sixties pop yeah, yeah. and you know, is that or you know, what's, what's big at that time, you know, that Beatles esque element of it or whatever. This is so complex in all the different right. parts. And it's, you know, for, you know, as, as kind of a garage rock musician who, you know, you know went through high school college just you know playing with buddies and bands and like i think about that this is so far advanced above right. and beyond and and all the
2: intricate parts and well, you know and just the unconventionalness of like the, yeah. the bass is really like the lead instrument mm-hmm. and it's playing a, a line that is not even it's not the same as the melody line and there's this like Weird counterpoint that happens sometimes, where like I don't know if I could even sing this right with just the bass. You like, can't, and yeah. there's all kind. There's that that melody
1: that mm-hmm. comes underneath it, yeah. And they trade off seamlessly, and then there's the organ that's happening at the same time. It's doing something mm-hmm. completely different, but it all comes yeah. together like one piece, and it, it it's like it can't be replicated. Right. Like you can't. You can't play these songs
2: uh, as a garage cover band. Like a garage cover band can't do these. songs. No, no. Uh, I have I've got little notes about unusual instrumentation and all, for most of these. And this is like the last one had a bass harmonica. This one has a bass trombone apparently, which is probably a pretty cool <laughs> instrument. I don't know. There's like regular <laughs> trombones too, I think. But like, and in the bear, you know the the saxes too, just all coming together like for those honky sections. Honky. Yeah. Anyway, um. One thing I wanted to mention is uh, two things. One, apparently there's like a music video for this. Uh, it was part of a promotional film they did with with several songs, and they were all wearing scary Halloween masks. But I wasn't able oh, to find it anywhere. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So
2: I want someone to tell me where to find that so okay. I can watch it. Have you seen it?
0: Uh, I have seen something of them wearing. Okay. Yeah, I okay. feel like I have seen this one.
2: I gotta, I gotta track that Ooh, down. I haven't seen that. Yeah,
0: yeah, I definitely remember the Halloween mask thing. The... They're like out in the the woods or something. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Well, you
1: know, if people get on the uh, Talking Beach Boys Instagram, mm-hmm. they'll find a link to it, won't they? What to the to that video you're, you're talking about the. With the masks, right? He, by well, the time I
0: can't find
2: it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but, but by the time. They can send me a link. But by the time this comes out. Maybe, maybe. We'll we see. Maybe Who knows about it? the future? All right. Yeah. We'll see. Um, but I mean, yeah, if it's. I mean, the Sloop John B video is easy to find. But this one, I think they were worried it was too scary or something. So I don't yeah. think they really put it out officially or yeah. something. Yeah. And, and, and yet I there's a photo
1: of. It and yet there's a photo of Mike Love with contorted
2: face and <laughs> yeah. monster mashing monster mashing okay? Mike Love yeah. uh, also the, just a real quick uh, mono versus stereo thing in the original mono version there's that background chatter that yep. you can hear during the mm-hmm. musical breakdown apparently. They're like talking about cameras yeah apparently it's Bruce Johnston talking about a photographer's camera and then Brian coming over the speaker saying no talking <laughs> 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 which I, I don't know if I can really discern what they're saying but you can definitely hear the no talking mm-hmm. and then apparently apparently he says uh there's him saying top please at the very end like to go to, go back to the top or something and right. once again mm-hmm. in an era of music production
1: now where it's like we're using pro tools and there's thousands of tracks mm-hmm. they recorded this in f- four tracks right
2: they would do like mixing yeah, down, down and right, stuff, but, yeah mix down right
1: but but that. but like they're in a room mm-hmm. with four essentially a four track machine mm-hmm recording this thing and yeah, mixing them down and doing all the kind of studio trickery, but like so much of this is live, like composition. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just
0: blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the mixing is effectively happening in real time. Brian yeah, right. is talking about like to the, you know, um, accordion player, turn just this way a little bit, yeah, you know, right. so we get a little bit more, you know, um, of, of this part of the sound. Yeah. So the mixing is, is largely happening in in real time. So crazy, and, yeah. and
1: that's the other thing. Like, you know, a lot of music that you know these days, it would like erase that little chatter bit from the middle. Like, yeah. you know, use the paintbrush and cut out that clicking sound. Whereas this kind of, I Can don't you know, scoop
0: this... the mids just a little. Right, bit. this
1: adds Sorry, like Tom. to the to the. <laughs> I don't know. Punch punch
0: the punch the treble. Yeah.
1: Wait, no. Uh, Somebody's flatting. Somebody's yeah. flatting.
0: Okay. Thanks, Murray. Sing it <laughs> sing it sexier. Uh, all right. Well, hey, let's take a quick break and we're gonna come back and talk about the second half of the second side. Yeah. yeah. Sure. All
2: right.
1: We're back on Strange Currencies presents. <laughs> We're talking here. down. Hold, hold on, Glenn. Hold on.
2: Hold on. Talking.
0: You know what? Up the. It sounds like it's time for an episode of Sound and Vision. Oh, okay. Sound of Vision, where we discuss all things aesthetic using the scale provided to us by David Bowie. Glenn, if we really like something, we call it a Low. Low is right, David Bowie's masterpiece. Tim, if we don't like something, we call it a Mike Love. I mean, uh, Never Let Me Down. Never Let Me Down, in which David Bowie oh, really let us down. I almost and bought it
1: at uh, Crossroads the other day. Ooh. Yeah, I saw it.
0: Yeah, I, saw, I saw it too. I yeah. saw it. I, I, yep. I, eventually, I'll have it. Yeah, tempted. You got to complete the collection and everything. Mm-hmm. But, oh, and if uh, it's just in the middle. Yeah, let's dance. Let's dance. Dave Bowie's okay style. So I still don't have less dance on vinyl either. Oh, you don't? Okay. I, I, I got to complete the collection. It's mid. It's mid. It's, it's, it's <laughs> <album>. Bang, <laughs> okay Bang Bangers up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've established Yeah, yeah we've yes. established that. Uh, well, we are here. Um, we just found this thing that we have been talking about. We um, found it. Um, That's I, what we did I remembered the break. in a fit of inspiration. <laughs> I, I remembered, I, I know that I've seen this video. And where had I seen it? Uh, in the 50th. 40th. 40th that's right mm-hmm. 2006 40th anniversary um, edition of pet sounds which comes in this uh, lovely like felt exterior and the this is rubbing the sound all of it. up on it right now That's so that's Ooh, the sound lovely, ASMR of it um, right. yeah and uh, the vision is this lovely green mm-hmm. felt covered thing like, it looks like grass or something but there's a bonus DVD in there yeah. and on this bonus DVD we found the promotional film <laughs> the for, promotional for, film for for Pet Sounds. Right. Wow. It's not just a uh, here today video. It's it not is, a music four video. for different cliche. songs on we, it. that
1: corrections from mm. the previous segment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Corrections. We found it, and we watched it over the break. It, we did. It, it does not exist on the internet. Well, it must somewhere, but yeah, it, it will when Tim yes. thinks of this. Uh, yeah. yeah, we might need to get this going because this is a rare this, find. This may
2: end up on the Instagram. Yeah, on the video Instagram. Form.
0: Yeah, this is. This might actually be the thing that gets us a whole lot of views. Too. It was disturbing. Ooh. It was disturbing, I will oh, oh, say. Oh, well, hold on. Let's set it up here. Okay. okay. Oh, my gosh. So the boys are, as I remembered correctly, out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very Mike Love centric. Mike Love is sort of the central character here and uh, he is surrounded by these ghastly looking monsters who happen to probably be the Beach Boys. Yeah, the Beach Boys wearing masks. masks. We don't know that. We're not sure, but. but probably. Uh, uh, most
2: of the Beach Boys, Bruce Johnston is not one of them. No, because they couldn't find a mask big that enough for his head. Fit his head, right. <laughs> yeah. okay. Well, he, he potentially shows up at the end. Uh, that may. Have been. Oh, uh, maybe that I, was I, Bruce Johnston? That, I think that
0: was still Brian. But. Oh, okay. okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, but scary
0: masks. Scary, scary masks. Like like said, is bizarre. bizarre. There's, there's all kinds of ways. I don't want to give it all away. Yeah, right, right. right. You know, you got to find it for yourself. We're in the forest, and Mike love is like drinking... Out of his boot, like it's it was. Dumb, I man. something. He's, he's like, trying to be like Charlie Chaplin, but, but failing as he does at it, everything. It's bad. They're playing old maid for some reason. Yeah, uh, but but so, no narrative. So we got to give it a rating, <laughs> okay? I mean, this is Sound of Vision. <laughs> Low. Okay. Well, there's a couple Let's things. Dance. I mean, it's oh, hard. Never let me down.
2: I mean, this is a moving picture. So it's a moving, it,
1: it is. We have a couple things to consider. Hey, on the plus side. Um, Mike gets ostracized. Exactly, yeah.
2: So, low,
1: I mean...
0: Low, <laughs> low, They effectively, yes, not to spoil too much, on. but they essentially kick Mike Love out of the band in yeah. this video. <laughs> yep. And he finds solace by joining the Hill People, you know, <laughs> the, the monster... <laughs> And he's like, Oh, you're a monster, I'm a fucking monster too. We can coexist together. I'm out of the beach boys now because it's a fucking low. It's a low. No, yeah, it is amazing. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's incredible.
0: I have not spent a better four minutes, I don't think, in the year 2023. So um, well, it's funny because yeah, aesthetically it's it's terrible. not great.
2: But I mean I do I actually do like the reveal of the masks. So I think that's a low. But for the most part, it's very kind of in never let me down territory. It's very simplistic one camera, like it's not a film, but then the plot and what actually happens—that's yeah. a low. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: that's great. Mm-hmm. He gets fucking kicked yeah, out of the band, great. yeah, and and has to resign himself to being the monster that he is. So yeah. perfect. <laughs> Love it. Love yeah. low, perfect. low. Excellent totally episode low. of sound. One of, of the, the best. best. <laughs> Lovely. All right. Um, that's it, two lows in a row. Yeah. Wow. Oh, big. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's pick up where we left off. Um, what a oh, great, great song here. Yeah. I just wasn't, ma- <coughs> wasn't made for these times. <laughs> hmm Yeah. Uh, I love it.
2: Um, it was used uh, very well in an episode of Mad Men. It was, yeah. Um, in, uh, Roger Sterling's acid trip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see what the little factoids I picked up. I don't know if people care about those. Apparently I there's mean... Spanish in the chorus in the background, they're, they're saying cuando seré un día seré which means when, when will I be one day I will be. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I had never noticed it's that before. It's just back there. It just sounds like oohs I, and ahs but yeah. then it's like, oh my god, they're actually saying words. <laughs> Holy,
0: I, I, I had no idea. I mm-hmm. need to go back and, and see And here that's... I was thinking their only brush with Spanish was días de verano y también sus noches! <laughs>
2: <laughs> noches.
0: What, what is that? Oh, so, summer, summer
2: days. days. And and summer, days. And summer oh, okay. <laughs> <and
1: spammy>. <laughs> um...
2: <laughs> That's
1: the that's the other thing about this album and this song is that was one of the notes that I had with this is you can listen to this song twenty times and hear something different every time yeah. mm-hmm. and and it's one of those for sure like you know there's theremin in there there's this harpsichord going on there's um
2: a quick note on the theremin it's an electro theremin which is invented by Paul Tanner and Paul and it, Tanner is playing it and yeah. this
0: one is actually specifically a Tannerin right because he had the control well. Horizontal. The tannerin
2: was, was named after the fact. He he made one instrument, the electrotheremin. Okay, my understanding. Okay. And there was literally only one in existence, and he played it. He's the one who played it. Uh, I think, I could be wrong, but just based on my skimming of wiki, somebody later made one, started uh, making it in like kind yeah, of in tribute to him yeah. and called it the
0: tannerin. Okay, okay. Because yeah. I think that, because this, yeah, this does actually sound more like a straight up theremin. I and mean, it, it, it works on the same. But, same, but I think by good vibrations, nice. then they're using uh, the one that has a same. little bit more pitch control. A bit. I don't. The, know. We're, really, we're getting deep it was the into same the dorky instrument, weeds here, but yeah.
2: It, it, but his thing he used a string. I think it basically it was like it's like a theremin without. Like you just set the volume with a knob, and then another knob affects the pitch. But he has that hooked up to a string, so he can slide back and forth, string, and do okay. the portamento, as it's known, the sliding between pitches. <gasps> anyway, yeah. I mean, more research needs to be done, but. That's
0: my understanding. <laughs> you mean more than Wikipedia? Yeah, I
2: know. I don't know if there is more. No. Like, I mean, I think that's no. kind of like just reality. No. Um, so good. But yeah. Paul Tanner, great. Carol Kay is not playing the bass here. Mm. Um, still a great bass line. Yeah. Um Ray Pullman. Yeah. Good song, great song. It's it's I mean, this is one of those songs in just the title, even that it feels like it defines Brian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. overall, and and like he's on record as saying. I mean, and you can look at it a couple different ways. Like I'm just, I just wasn't made for these times. Means like the world is getting away from you, and you're just like you can't handle the, the this new sort of way of of life. Or it means you're way ahead of your time. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and he, there's a quote in here where he kind of talks about either way. Like, like, like he. At this point, he seems like he he feels like comfortable in these times, but at the time he thought of, of himself as being advanced, but then he could also see someone seeing themselves as being like stuck in the past. But yeah, it's like open to interpretation. I That's say. the well, beauty I mean, of he, it. He There's so much nuance.
0: In, in the second mm-hmm. verse, right, it's i uh, I'm trying to remember the exact lyric, but uh, every time I want to look for places where new things might be, or every time I get the inspiration to go change things around, no mm-hmm. one w- wants to help me look for places where new things might be found. Right, right, right. So yeah, I think he's like commenting on, you know, these dipshits who he's stuck, you know, making music with, whether it be Mike Love or, you know, Murray for a while, who just didn't want to mess with the formula and doing new things. And he's mm-hmm. like, fuck that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make this album basically by myself.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the the Spanish stuff, I think, is in the sometimes I feel very sad part. Sometimes <laughs> I, <feel laughs> I could be wrong, but it's in there somewhere. So, you yeah. know when he really feels sad? Mm-hmm.
0: So snooties, <laughs> Uh
2: This is one of the ones that is on the Sub Pop single. <laughs> <Sorry>. oh, man, <laughs> I, I you know I don't speak Spanish, so it's just gibberish to me. Um, Sub Pop put out <laughs> uh, a Beach Boys single, a rare. You know what does Sub Pop have to do with the Beach Boys? Nothing. I guess Cap, Capital yes. like got that label. Uh, involved for oh. some reason to to basically promote the uh, upcoming pet sound sessions. Okay. So they put I, I had it up and then
0: I So like the mid nineties? Yeah it was sometime. Some
2: okay. well, you know, let
0: me see. Hold on. Because that was probably 30th anniversary, I wanna say. Oh right, right, right. I have um, that one too. Maybe that promo video is also on there. Ooh. Yeah like seven copies of that
2: stuff. More sounds. edited. So yeah. it is um I just wasn't made for these times. Uh, along with, I just told you this earlier and I can't remember what it was. There's fucking ads everywhere. Just let me see the photo. Well, it's like an instrumental of wouldn't it be nice, oh, no, vocals only, wouldn't it be nice, and then backing, uh, the back, stereo backing track to here today. But they made it look like a sub-pop singles club with the black bar across the top. Uh, and uh, I just think that's cool. Yeah. I'm going to buy it after the show, probably order it on Discogs because it's cheap. All
0: right. Nice. All right, cool. Well, Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds. The song. The song. song, Based
2: on Pet Sounds, the album. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a correction from last week. I think last week I um, mistakenly said Let's Go Away for a While has that on Broadway
0: beat. Um,
2: But this is the one that sounds like on Broadway.
0: Yeah. Apparently, uh, I think I, I've read that Brian wanted this to be like a James Bond theme yeah. kind of sound.
2: It was going to be called Run James Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> it's funny to think of. It doesn't sound like it, a James it, it Bond It really doesn't,
0: theme. yeah.
2: Uh, they used Coca-Cola cans for percussion. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, they used uh, orange juice bottles on God Only Knows. I assume that's the Clip Clop,
0: but uh, I'm not sure. But yeah. Yeah, it's a song. <laughs> it, it's a song. No, it, it, I mean it, it's great. It's and it's super evocative.
1: Infinite, it's infinitely better than the other like um, instrumentals that right. have been on oh, previous yeah. albums.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean in terms of instrumentals, I don't think it's got much on on um, the other one. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go away one. for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. But but, it, but it's great. It, it actually adds a little bit of I don't know, kind of like levity towards you know in that mm-hmm. penultimate track yeah spot it comes between two sort of heavier um it's yeah it's it's thematically like a, it's heavier it's a breath, it's yeah, a breath it
1: that comes before the the closer and all intentional like again sequencing of the album i think comes back into play here we talk about you know this has been spoken of as one of the you know great great albums of all time and th- this, that's one of the reasons why this works so cohesively as an album listen through is because of moments like this. Yeah. yeah.
2: So final track.
1: Oh my gosh. So beautiful.
2: Caroline, no mm. title. Carol. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was what Tony Asher, basically the original concept was Carol. I know. And Brian uh-huh. misheard it as Caroline. Caroline. No. Yeah. no. Right. Which, Which is equally evocative. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, intriguing, and this is the one that uses the sparklets bottle, um, yes, uh, like right off that that echoey boop 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 kind of thing. Uh, which also sounds great.
1: Also barking dogs mm-hmm,
2: at the very end, yeah. Which were Brian's actual dogs, yeah. which he at one point claimed was the inspiration for the name of the album "Pet Sounds." Banana and Louis, yeah, banana, banana and Louis. Uh, but there's all kinds of claims about the yeah. name of the album.
0: Yeah, um, in in the. Movie. Oh, we'll we'll get to the second part. Yeah, of, yeah. of endless. Uh, no. What is it? American family. American Beachful. family. Right. 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 Yeah. The family? They they basically like credit Mike Love is coming mm-hmm. up with a name. It's right. Brian's pet sounds. But then he has claimed that. Uh, yeah. He has claimed it, but there's mm-hmm. also been claims that it was like derisive towards Brian that Mike came up with it. Like you know.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but Caroline No is great. It was released as a Brian Wilson solo single Mm. before the album came out. As it should be. Mm. So that was the original version of it was just Brian Wilson. And partly I think the justification there is that he's the only voice on it. It's one of two songs on the album that doesn't have any other people singing. There's no, you know, harmonies or anything like Mm -hmm. that. The other one is um, Don't Talk, Put Your Mm -hmm. Hand on My Shoulder. Uh, and it's sped up by a semitone to make him sound younger,
0: mm-hmm. which, which was apparently Murray's idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting.
2: Good song. Did, this did, is like, did Murray
0: suggest that specifically for this?
1: I'm not sure album if it was for this song. He said that in the past, on yeah, some of the earlier.
2: Definitely that. I'm not numbers. 100% uh, You clear might be on. giving
1: Murray too much credit. I don't know. Um,
2: uh,
0: uh, I, I just heard that before, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it was, it was Murray's idea, but I'm not sure if it was specifically for the song. Um, Glen Campbell plays guitar on here. Mm-hmm. This is one of those songs that, like, it—it's kind of a sleeper hit. Like, it's really good, um, but I don't know if I really appreciated it fully initially. You know what I mean? Like, God only knows. I feel like this is in the same sort of category. It should be, yes. Yeah. I think. It,
1: I think. It, I think maybe it's. And be considered underrated in that. Yeah. I think when you think pet sounds, you think wouldn't it be nice and god only knows, or kind of like the two big ones maybe Sloop, Sloop John B as well. But like this one should be this is one mm-hmm. of the iconic, like so, yeah, thoughtful, so like brilliantly pieced together. It's a complete package. This yeah.
0: song is just glorious, yeah. That uh, extended instrumental, you know, fade at the end of the saxophone solo thing oh is this it's,
2: the one with the bass so good. flute uh, yeah they're bass flutes in that outro mm. which is pretty cool i don't know if you've seen a contra bass flute that's the big one that you play standing up and it like stands on the ground i'm not mm-hmm. sure what a what, bass flute what, looks like, that and, be and like maybe maybe long? that's
0: what i just credited <laughs> as a saxophone but yeah
2: maybe um but i don't i don't think there are contrabass flutes on here but bass flutes which is still pretty cool um, and then the, the sounds at the end. Yeah, one is the barking dogs, which are Brian's dogs. The train was from an audio library.
0: The, dog, it, the dog's names,
2: anybody? Yeah, well, Glenn yeah, said them. Banana
0: and um,
1: Louie. You Banana clearly Louis. haven't been listening. To I, I don't listen Jeez. to these. I wonder yeah, if that was
2: a... Uh, those Teenie are Jungle yeah. Book references. Mm-hmm. King Louie oh, eats yeah, bananas. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, good song, good album. I'd say it's good. Yeah. Let's call it good. It,
1: uh, good. Yeah, if we only had a scale...
2: Yeah,
0: if, um, if only there were a scale, yes, by which we could evaluate you know, it evaluate and, records and uh, hmm. and comment on their relative quality. I think, ah! yeah, ah! it's it's, it's yeah. still a fucking Brian. It's a Brian. Yeah, it's a Brian. It, it is a Brian. This the, is as, a as we said last week, the Brianiest Brian that ever Brianed.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is a masterpiece. There's no question. Um, mm-hmm. uh, um, we've said it. Uh, better than anything the Beatles have ever put yep.
2: together. Uh, yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, and I we love all agree. Me some Beatles. Wow, yeah, It's, wow. it's interesting. Let's let's um let's come back to all that because we're going to talk about the impact and all that. We're we're going to yeah. I feel like this kind of fits. Uh, well, I guess we can talk about our own reactions first.
1: Well, yeah, overall. I'm curious yeah. because
2: because like I do just... think it's better than the Beatles stuff, but. It's just so different from them. It's almost like they can't. you can't really compare the two. Yeah, may, yeah maybe.
1: Maybe yeah. it's apples and bananas. <laughs> um, Louise
0: and bananas. Louise and bananas. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It, it's it's maybe a little easier because with the Beatles, there's all the argument of, you know, what's best? You know, you've got the Sgt. Pepper right. camp. You've That's got the point. Revolver camp. You've mm-hmm. got the White Album. Then you've got the just completely wrong people who say that Abbey Road is the best one. <laughs> but Magical with the, mystery tour. That's a good one. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's very good. I mean, there's all the is it Canon blah 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 yeah, whatever whatever. So, okay, we're okay, not okay. here <laughs> talk about it anyway. But with the with the Beach Boys, there is this, you know, single place to really focus that. Yep, exactly. We're going to talk right. about Smile, you know, starting next week and there is definitely an argument and definitely a camp that says Smile's every bit as good as Pet Sounds and mm-hmm. we'll have some conversation about that. But Smile didn't come out in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Right. This did and it was able to just stand as this lone yeah. Masterpiece right. where the Beatles had no such, sure, where sure. Bob Dylan had no such single, right. you know, you've got Blonde on Blonde and Highway 61 and mm-hmm. all of the different arguments there, Blood right? On the tracks, yeah. Yeah. So, so, with the Beach Boys, it's like it, it just looks like this, this clear cut right. peak of a discography yeah. in the way that that wasn't necessarily the case with a lot of the other great bands and not only of the 60s, but of beyond. Yeah. Um, you know, and outside of even the rock pop world and Miles Davis, you know, mm-hmm. who we. Uh, we're talking about like there, there's all sorry I was reading actually about Miles Davis while you were talking about God knows what Clint. but anyway <laughs> dogs yeah, yeah banana but but yeah there's all it, it's maybe somewhat rare for a band or an artist to have just one single masterpiece in the way that that Pet sounds does and maybe mm-hmm. this album has benefited from that to an extent
2: yeah well Yes, and because I think part of that is that Brian just threw everything into it, like everything at the wall, or so to speak, mm-hmm. um, production wise. Like you could like there's some criticism of when we can get into that after the break. but about like, oh, it, maybe it's overproduced or, or whatever, or it's just all about this like technical, you know, people just like it for technical reasons. But it gives it so much depth when you have the headphones on and you're listening to these songs and like, you know, Glenn has said and we've all said like, you pick up new things every time. Like, oh, I, you know, there's fucking temple blocks mm-hmm. in there or there's they're speaking Spanish. Because he's, Brian's applying these like, he didn't really do, like fully commit to the wall of sound thing. Before, and this is like a different wall of sound sort of approach than Phil Spector exactly, but
0: yeah, because it's not just a fucking blah, everything. Exactly, yeah. There, yeah. There, there's different it's layers, very carefully
2: layered. Yeah, but mm-hmm. there's so many layers that I don't know. There's just so much more going on. It's so much more stimulating while listening to it mm-hmm. than even Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, yeah, and a spe- and way more than like Rubber Soul.
0: You know, hey Beatles. If you had put <laughs> Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane on on Sergeant Pepper, mm. maybe we'd be having a little bit of conversation <laughs> here. But you didn't do that, and so this is the best <laughs> album ever. Huh. Huh. There that's it is. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, George Martin, by the way, said that's the biggest mistake he ever made in his career. Those two songs, was, was or not just putting, Strawberry Fields, was not putting those two on the huh. album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then I then say, all right, maybe we're having a little different conversation now. But yeah. this is the best. It's the best.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now has it has it has it always been? The, the, this is the other question because you know there there's as we talk about the progress of this, mm-hmm. there's plenty of conjecture about. Well, clearly Mike Love didn't like it. Mike Love's an idiot. Okay. Well, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I, I, I mean, was that the consensus? Was well, wait.
0: So are we? We're just we're just talking about. We're getting into reactions and just, responses. Are we like <laughs> running way long? How long have we been talking? We've been talking for fifty one ish minutes or okay. so. Well, because... if, if this episode goes long, Tim, then it goes long. Uh-huh.
1: Well,
2: that's what I usually say.
0: All right. So uh, I
1: dug up. I dug up. I was looking at what was mm-hmm. some of the early criticism. Sure. And so uh, I found Melody Maker mm-hmm. um, in July thirtieth of nineteen sixty six. So this would have been. Months?
2: One month.
0: Yeah. So it's been out. No, no. Sorry, it came out in May. Yeah, May sixteenth. So so Mm -hmm. it's been out. on the same day as Blonde on Blonde. Oh my gosh! Imagine walking into a record shop and like, do I get Blonde on Blonde? Do I get Do I get this or do I get this? Or buying both of them and going and listening to those and just having your mind. Yeah, you cannot go wrong on those. Yeah, and, and then you finally get your mind back together, uh-huh. and two months later, Revolver comes out, and you're like, "All oh, right, whatever. right. Like, oh, mu- my gosh. music is done
1: now." Like, what a time to where be does alive! It
2: go? Yeah, so, so, th- three very distinct and different albums. See, right
1: because right. that's the that's the other thing, mm-hmm. though, is that we weren't we we didn't come across this album in real time, right? And so, the, like, that's the other interesting thing. So, I I was uh, I was interested to read this Melody Maker magazine. There were some quotes where they asked some other music industry stars, like what they thought about pet sounds and it was just kind of like a sidebar part of the yeah. music magazine um uh, this epi- issue 1966 July uh Scott Walker of the Walker Brothers mm-hmm. um said I don't think it's revolutionary I don't even like it
2: as much as the other beach boys albums okay but I don't know who the Walker Brothers are but I know McCartney and some others so were the sun
0: ain't gonna shine anymore Great, great song. Scott Walker. it D- doesn't know. exist. I, I okay. have no idea. Yeah, well, yeah, well, whatever. Um, Eric Clapton uh, of Cream commented on Clapton's it. Clapton's a fucking... Well, he he was
1: absolutely knocked out with Pet Sounds. He quote. should have
0: been because mm-hmm. he was a fucking hack, and he's like, "Oh, how does somebody make something good? Well, here's a way. <laughs> They're not fucking Eric Clapton. That's how." Uh, he
1: he says
2: he considers
1: it to be one of the greatest pop LPs okay. to be ever oh, released. So I was going to say
0: right some, about some immediate he's reaction racist. was
2: I mean McCartney liked it from the from the start. McCartney and Lennon know. both apparently yeah, like yeah. called yeah. Brian Wilson and mm-hmm.
0: congratulated
2: him. Well, and and they because they were in the process of recording Revolver at that point, and um. Here, There, and Everywhere, I think McCartney said was influenced by one of the songs Mm -hmm. on it specifically. But, I mean, hey, uh, any
1: redemption for Eric Clapton here? He literally, quote, Brian Wilson is without a doubt a pop
0: genius. Okay, cool. And Eric Clapton is without Uh, a doubt not.
1: um, Keith Moon, Keith Moon Mm. of The Who, uh, says, I think Pet Sounds illustrates the way one man's mind works, that of Brian Wilson. There's nothing revolutionary in the album, I don't think. He was all... Then he jumped out a window.
0: Yeah, hopped up on horse tranquilizers. <laughs> so. Hopped yeah. down? Yeah.
1: Um, uh, this is the best one. Okay. Michael Diabo of, of Manfred Mann. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> quote, Basically, I admire the ingenuity of the LP, but it's not as revolutionary as people people say. They've done a lot of unusual things, but they're one or two weak tracks. Not quite the rave people have made it out to be. It's sort of Brian Wilson experimental combo. For me, it's not the same Beach Boys. They had
2: more appeal as a group as they were before. Okay, so here's here's some some context overall as far as public perception mm-hmm. of the Beach Boys at that time. Right, um, they had hired like a guy who was like the Beatles publicist or Derek something Taylor. like that, Derek Taylor, mm-hmm. and he started the whole campaign about Brian, Brian Wilson's, Wilson's genius. genius, right? Um, which Brian wasn't necessarily comfortable with, and. And these people saying that's not revolutionary—it's like it's they're reacting to that. To that, kid. right? Because it's you listen to this as like a peek into his mind. Uh, he is doing unconventional stuff. He is like reinventing pop music, but it's not like the average person is gonna be. It's not like you know uh, rainy day moment, women. Right, right. You know, everybody eh, must get stoned. Oh my god, I can't believe you guys singing about. Right. You know, smoking pot. Um right. So like they, I think that kind of fucked with everybody's expectations. So mm-hmm. I think some people are listening to it with that in mind. Like this is gonna change everything, blow my mind, and then like, ah, oh, whatever, it's bullshit as opposed to just like listen to the craftsmanship and right. and appreciate it in a in a bubble, I guess,
0: you know? Just sort of by its on its own merits. I mean, it was in a lot of ways aside from some directions that pop music was going in. I mean, 66 right. is, you know, the peak of, of mm-hmm. kind of the garage scene. Yeah. You've got psychedelia on the rise. Right, right. Um, pet sounds is only vaguely psychedelic in, in some ways. Right. Um, it, it's definitely more of the Baroque pop, yeah, uh, kind of a thing. And there, there were others who were doing that kind of thing, but that wasn't necessarily where the hip Element. Exactly. I don't think a music they was. S- but if you look at the reaction of, of the legit great artists, right. not fucking Manfred Mann yeah. and not fucking Eric <laughs> Clapton, but if you look at how did the Beatles respond right. to this, how did the Kinks respond right. to this, mm-hmm. how did the Zombies respond, here's how they responded. Sgt. Pepper, Village Green Preservation Society, mm-hmm. right. Odyssey and Oracle, mm-hmm. all of which are attempts to make the British pet sounds. Yeah. Andrew Lou Goldman, the uh the manager of the Rolling Stones, said this album blew his fucking mind mm. and he basically tried to he I I think he probably wanted the Stones to record the response, but he didn't. He like hired this uh, basically nobody guy, Billy Nichols, and made a record oh. called Would You Believe, which is great and needs yeah. to be repressed, repressed on vinyl, but mm. it it was his attempt to make the British pet sounds in real time, basically. Like the response amongst people who were yeah. in the know. Mm-hmm. Their minds were fucking blown. George Martin, the guy who worked daily with Paul fucking McCartney and John (laughs) Lennon says, I'm listening to this thing and wondering how can some one person be this talented Mm -hmm. in in listening to Petson." This guy worked with the Beatles on a daily basis. And he's like, this guy (laughs) is blowing my mind. He's a one man Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't care what Eric. Cloud so, says. so I guess what you're saying,
1: I guess what you're saying, Matt, is that really we should be careful about wh- whose opinion we're considering. Yeah. Some, let's some not, opinions let's are, not worry
0: too much about the guy who was trying to get Pakistani immigrants kicked out of England. Yeah. So, so here's what I'm going to do. Some opinions
2: are more correct than uh, others. Yes. I,
1: I think we have all found listeners of this podcast probably know that we, we reference Rate Your Music quite a bit. We, we like the idea that this is a community of, of users who are. Are, are generally thoughtful and critical about their music taste and their selection. So I went and I kind of perused some of the reactions um, from rate your music users who are, you know, more, more intelligent users. And, uh, LCS Brit, um, commented on the uh, pet sounds, um, uh, gave it two and a half stars out of five and said, if the maturity of a 12 year old had a sound, it would be these 35 minutes of music. Wow okay so so what's their top artist LCS LCS Burt um, they gave um, five stars to Fleetwood Mac
0: there you go yeah. yep, there you go <laughs> The pinnacle of craftsmanship. The pinnacle of ca- so. Yeah, last you know, week it was Buckethead. This it, week it's, it, it's would Mac. Mac. So it you, basically what you're telling us is you're cherry picking dumb hot takes. Yeah, it was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful. Good, my, my, good times. My friend list on Rate Your Music has it rated as a 4.83 out of 5, which I still think is too low. <laughs> it's too low. Yeah. Right. I, I, I who I gave need, it a 4.5? I, I need to get rid of a couple of these people. Who, who
1: on your friend list gave it a, four, a less than a 5? Uh, yeah, call them out. I,
0: I, I have I? actually a former student from that. Oh. Back when I lived oh. in Arizona, so they, this is a long time ago, he, he gave it a four. He's
2: probably in jail, probably.
0: Yeah. They're, um, they're just trolling. And then you. I have one other person who gave it a four and a half. Who I, I don't know who this person is, but yeah. mm. everybody else I know gave it a five because, of course, they did.
1: Because, of course, they did. Uh, well, but I think you want to hear, um, another um, two and a half star rating. Well, I do, yeah, really. by Nine Shocks Terror, Nine Shocks Terror, give <laughs> it two and a half stars. Um, quote, I'll stick to Kokomo.
0: Yep, there you At go. least
1: it had some cool tropical instruments <laughs> and was a theme song for cocktail. <laughs> mm, yeah. Oh, and this album would be better with actual pet sounds. Wow. Yeah. What's his top? Uh, um, well, I looked oh, and oh, oh. Um, the five star albums are basically every band with the word death in the title. Um, and not the cool death, like not no, the, not the, band the 70s death. Detroit punk band. No, um, the uh, the the thrash metal band Morbid yeah. Death, uh, <laughs> I, and, I, like Death Leopard and it's um, not death, death Leopard. Leopard. Well, Death Leopard got a five star from huh. Nine Shock Stare. I um, know, Yeah, no, the, the 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 band Death, the one from Tampa, Florida, not the one from Detroit. Huh. Yeah.
2: Uh, I found out recently that um, some people only know Kokomo from the Muppets. I don't know if I mentioned that before, but two of my coworkers are like, oh, "I thought the Muppets did that song." <laughs>
0: Kokomo?
2: Yeah, because there, there is a Muppet vid- version of it, you know, from, I oh. don't know, Sesame
0: Street or something. Um, really? Yeah. Weird. I remember Coconut, the Harry Nielsen song from the from oh, the. Oh, okay. I don't think I've seen that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was going to just go uh, back a little bit to the, um, the, the beach boys, public, you know, general, public. maybe we, we've had a long segment here. Let's take a break. We're going to go over an hour on this one people. It's just, sorry, it's going to happen, but, uh, (laughs) this, this record's kind of a big deal for us. So we're Mm going to take a quick break. We'll come back and talk a little bit more about some reaction then and now. Yeah.
2: Anyway, the Muppets wrote Kokomo. Hello, hey, hey. Oh, hi. We're back. Um, this is talking down the highway. We're talking pet sounds. Um, I was just going to bring up as far as like context of like the immediate reaction. Uh, I don't remember. This was, I guess, a couple years later um, or one year later, but the Monterey Pop Festival. Mm-hmm. Right. I assume that was 67, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were, Beach Boys were going to play it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, did they drop out or did they get asked not to play it? Do you remember? You I, know? I don't remember exactly how that worked. Uh, and yeah. maybe, maybe that's something we kind of even talk, dive into a little bit more when we talk about the 67 albums, but go mm-hmm. ahead.
2: Yeah. I, well, just the, the idea that, um, they were still seen as square, even oh, with yeah. pet sounds. Yeah. And, and I don't know, the idea of the... A Beach Boys performance, you know, in between like Jimi Hendrix and the Mamas and the Papas, just
0: seems very weird. Not the Mamas and the Papas. I mean, California vocal harmony heavy. Yeah,
2: yeah, but still, they were
0: uh, they were
2: still like hippie sort of adjacent. Yeah. Um, maybe that wasn't the best example, but
0: well, like like the I who, said, I
2: guess yeah. Uh,
0: the, the music was going in a few different directions. It was in sixty six, sixty seven, and. Again, I'd argue. You look where the real, real luminaries are going. Not to mm-hmm. to dismiss Jimi Hendrix or yeah. the, or the Who, even right. both of the who made amazing records in '67 as well, too. I mean, mm-hmm. Hendrix's debut, the Who sell out, made my favorite Who album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you look where the geniuses were going.
2: Yeah. Well, the, the, true. the Beatles, and Ray Davies, like, well, the, and the Beatles specifically, like they weren't playing live anymore. That no. That may have been weird as well, because part of the thing with the Beach Boys is at that time, you know, they're coming off of Pet Sounds. They can't really perform those songs. I mean, they they worked a couple of the songs I think into their uh, the live shows they did in Hawaii, but but I think they probably would have been playing like some of their other stuff. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, even California Girls in that setting seems a little bit like dated. I don't know, and and and, yeah, and square. Definitely. Oh
0: yeah, 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 certainly.
2: So, I don't know, I think that was part of part of their whole thing is they were kind of um on the not on well, yeah kind of on the on the fringe a little bit in a way as far as popular music, because everything was sort of progressive socially, a lot of the stuff at that point was um and you're right, what you're saying is like the Beatles weren't necessarily singing about social things, but that was like the whole summer of love nineteen sixty seven and then through Woodstock was very much. Mm-hmm. Okay you know, a very socially
0: progressive and like contentious time and this just wasn't part of that at all. Well, And then you've got the other side. You've got, you know, Velvet Underground, yeah. um, and Stooges, and the more um, kind of like nihilistic sort of thing. Like, yeah. And like, music is fracturing. Det- it's going in a lot of different directions at well, this time. And, and, and the New Beach York Boys looked, looked lame. right? separate. Sh- yeah. Sure, because they were still, yeah, they were still out there like the public mm-hmm. facing image of them was right. guys in striped still shirts still surfing. singing California mm-hmm. girls because yeah. that's what Mike Love kept dragging <laughs> out there in in person.
2: But at the same time, he's out there with a big beard. And like, I mean, at some point, I think, a, yeah, a, oh, maybe that wasn't a, 67. That like was a little later.
0: More like 68. Yeah, he yeah, goes yeah. to India and hangs out yeah. with the Beatles mm-hmm. and you know tries to start to be cooler because <laughs> he realizes that the yeah. Beach Boys are really passe. So he's like, I'm going to do what the cool people are doing. Right. <laughs> um, the cool people who are now like trying to copy all of this amazing stuff that my cousin's been doing that I'm pushing against still right um, including the album or didn't happen album that we're gonna be talking about next but yeah a, a lot of all that context is is still very much gonna be tied up in the smile smiley smile yeah
1: and I think that's one of the interesting things, you know, for three guys here who came who did not live through that, but came across it later, that there's something about this album that transcends even just that right. time. And, you know, like, as we're looking at this mm-hmm. album, it, I mean, it holds up or whatever that means, yeah. but because there's something universal about it, right. there's something that is layered and thoughtful
0: it's, and, and it's
2: not part of like a trend in right. sound or yeah, whatever we,
0: we don't have to worry about the squareness that it might have been right. received right. in 66 and beyond right because yeah it, it holds up mm-hmm. and even because uh, it's like, still square today like, right, right? I mean, <laughs> it is.
2: but then like even not not to that much of a degree but even like the bob dylan stuff at that time is a little bit more in context uh for mm-hmm. the time you mm-hmm. know it kind of feels like mm-hmm. this came out during that that, period. that movement yeah yeah So it's less timeless, I guess.
1: Well, I mean, maybe they should have spent a little more time recording this because this feels sloppy and rushed, (laughs) according to um, Open Your Eyes. Is it a 2.5 star? Uh, Ironic. That's a one star. Oh, wow. Yeah. um,
2: uh, It's nasal
1: singing. (laughs) Well, when Mike Love is involved, yeah. Um, uh, It's grating, really. So saccharine it hurts. Where's the edge? This is not the Beach Boys I love.
2: This isn't Where's the edge? I was going <laughs> to say, there's their five-star uh, U2 album.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't
1: It Be Nice is a good song, though. Good enough for one
0: Ooh, star. Okay, oh. you, Glenn, um, you are content to give way, so way too much, so much time fun. and oxygen I, to... Uh, open Your Eyes gave uh, Playboy Cardi uh,
2: okay. five stars. I was so. going to say, I got to know yeah, what their yeah, top ones are. I mean,
0: again. Yeah, let's... Yeah. <laughs> Look, rate, rate your music is... I love it. Is a, is a good resource. <laughs> it's a it's a largely good community of the people who are actually like... Sincere. Sincere and engaged and not trolls and, and all of that. I'm going to go on there. Of, it's, and, like, uh, it's like finding Amazon reviews. You're going to find a, half, right. a one-star Amazon review for Pet Sounds too, and it's going to be probably spelled wrong. I'm going to start an account. This is and why I'm you gonna, don't read I'm going to give
2: five-star reviews to a bunch of good stuff, and then I'm going to go randomly... Uh, rate a Toby Keith album. Give it a one star and shit on just his fans just for no reason at all. Like these people seem to be doing with the Beach Boys. That's anyway.
0: good. Um, a little bit more about the in-time the reception. I mean This was not a commercial no. hit. Um, it didn't sell well, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't know how much that impacted Brian Wilson in terms of trajectory. And I think some of that ends up being muted because mm-hmm. they have their biggest hit ever just right. a couple months after this is released. And we'll talk about Good Vibrations next week. So the the like commercial sting, I think, of Pet Sounds at the time was probably softened quite a bit because yeah. they had that big number one hit, big, big seller, yeah. you know, after. But I think, you know, Brian was probably a little bit stung by the yeah, Some lukewarm critical reception mm-hmm. in the united states mm-hmm. the critical reception reception in england was much better it was um the again hip people right. reception in england mm-hmm. was much much better than it was in the u.s well and i think the genius marketing campaign worked better over there uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah um was a Derek British taylor guy.
0: knew how to talk to english people yeah. i guess uh um
2: there's a couple different i don't I don't know why there wasn't like a Brian quote incorporated. Maybe he hasn't really talked much about that, uh, his feelings of its reception, but um, there was something from uh, Marilyn, Marilyn, right? Yeah. Marilyn mm-hmm. um, saying that he was heartbroken and all that. It, and he, so he sort of started to hold back. Um, but then Tony Asher said, oh, he didn't really care about that. Cause he, it was almost like he was writing it for the Beatles and for, you know, to, to impress and show up all these his sort of competitors mm-hmm. And so he only cared what they thought is how Tony Asher made it sound. Hmm. But there wasn't a you know Brian point of view in that little section I read. So I don't know. I'm not sure if it was a full-on Rivers Cuomo situation. Yeah. Uh, but definitely after that point, like he sort of stepped away from the, you know, produced by Brian Wilson kind of thing. I think the Genius campaign contributed to that too, where he's like, you know, people are expecting too much of me. Like when we started to get into
0: smiley smile. Like, well, smiley smile. Yeah, smile is him doubling down. I think right. on this and not just having mm-hmm. the support systems in in yeah. place for it to come to total fruition. And and we're, of course we're going to get into that next week, but, uh, yeah, I guess it's, yeah, it's after that really, but it's same kind of era. Yeah. I I think if he had been burned at all by Mm -hmm. the reaction to pet sounds, like significantly, right. Then he wouldn't wouldn't have embarked on an even more ambitious. He wouldn't have dove in as hard as he did. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, so now maybe we talk about how this record, Changes from from kind of a commercial flop, mm-hmm. I suppose you could yeah. say at the time, mm-hmm. to having a mixed reaction, to eventually becoming known as this masterpiece. Yeah. Um, did you guys find anything on that evolutionary mm-hmm. step in between? Just or? in a
2: general way, there's a lot of like white noise kind of around it because like it um, it wasn't really until like the '90s, I think, when it really started to get its due. But then after that, there was, like, the hipster backlash of, like, oh, you know, it's overproduced, blah, blah, blah. Um, Oh, and, like, there's a Portland... Apparently, this is a double reference, but, like, there's a quote from Atticus Ross where he's talking about a Portlandia sketch that where they're setting up a uh, recording studio and everything's like, this is the mic they used on Pet Sounds. This is just, like, they did it on Pet Sounds, Pet Sounds, Pet Sounds, and it kind of becomes this joke of, like, this... um,
1: that episode's Potemic. making fun of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: Uh, but it became this just, just like fallback answer and right, just right. To, like a really obvious sort of thing. And so there was that kind of weird backlash in, I guess, the 2000s or whatever.
0: Well, yeah, so I kind of wanted to get into the period, I suppose, then just a little bit before that. Because when yeah. I was sort of you mm-hmm. know, coming up as a musician, not that I've you know done anything with that <laughs> on a professional level, but... In the 90s, mm-hmm. this was definitely one of those talking point kind of records. There was a revival yeah. of sort of Pet Sound's fascination. Um, you know, I think it was Roger and Me that did
2: it. Have you seen that? No. Do- Michael Moore's first documentary. Okay. Starts out with Wouldn't It Be Nice. Oh, mm-hmm. right. There's a scene where someone's selling rabbits for pets or meat. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
0: okay. Oh, go on. Okay. Um, I mean like groups like Stereolab mm. definitely were were drawing on that influence. Oh, Elephant um, Six. The, ele- mm-hmm. the whole yeah. Elephant mm-hmm. Six collective, absolutely. Animal Collective. Um yeah. well, Animal, they were a little later, but um mm-hmm. REM in 1998, They put out Up, which mm-hmm. has two very clear pet sounds homages on it. Um and uh, at My Most Beautiful and Parakeet, both those are really, really super pet soundsy and just great, great songs. Up is great, people. On, um, uh, the high llamas, like there were all these, you know, like hip and in some quite successful huge bands that were really kind of drawing on pet sounds, and it just became by the mid late 90s this talking point record. And, And to me, I've always kind of felt like it was the 90s maybe that brought pet sounds really into fashion. I don't know what the I don't know, With perception the of pet sounds would have been in the mm-hmm. 80s because it, it seems like most of the conversation surrounding the Beach Boys in the 80s was... Eef. Kokomo. Kokomo. Kokomo right? yeah. Reagan era bullshit nostalgia, mm-hmm. um, full fucking house in the late 80s, early 90s. Fourth yeah. of July. That's, yeah. that's yeah. kind of like where I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s singing mm-hmm. about the Beach Boys is this really, really lame, dated yeah. kind of stuff. And then as I was a, you know, teenager... I start hearing pet sounds, pet sounds. Like, everybody starts name-dropping it a mm-hmm. whole lot, 97, 98, in, in that era. And that's when I got the album, just because I was like, all right, this has been a talking point in so many different things that I am familiar with. I got to hear this. And then, yeah, like, well into the 2000s, stuff like Animal Collective, Fleet Foxes, Grizzly mm-hmm. Bear, like, right. all of these, you know indie, you know, mm-hmm. indie rock, indie pop bands that were just drawing very, very, very clear influence mm-hmm. from uh, from Pet Sounds. And it mm-hmm. did, yes, definitely, through the t- 2000s was major, major talking point amongst yeah. that, which is, I guess, where a lot of that Portlandia backlash kind of stuff probably right. comes from. yeah. That from the late 90s into the 2000s, Pet Sounds was kind of like elevated to this position of a lot of people starting to talk about it as the greatest album ever. Yeah. Uh, probably, I don't know. Maybe taking that position from maybe Sergeant Pepper or whatever people might have been saying, I yeah, yeah, know, yeah, before. Yeah. But so like
2: yeah, the pendulum sort of swings. Um, yeah, so it, you know it's rated high, and then it, there's a backlash, or at least amongst like you know the cool kids. And I don't know where it's at now. Um, but in a vacuum, it's 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 still you know perhaps best ever. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, in the 90s, too, I don't know, well, I don't know, maybe it had a resurgence in Japan or something, but do you know about this um, Jap- Japan-only tribute album called Smiling Pets? Mm-mm. You guys see that? It's weird, because it has, like, Secret Chiefs 3 and Melt Banana, and uh, Thurston Moore is on there, and um, Olivia Tremor Control. Huh. And it's it's on YouTube. It's not on... Um, spotify but you can listen to the whole thing on youtube but it's like weird it's like dark noise rock mm-hmm. like the what is um what is uh thurston moore do he does here today but it's this like slow weird version um i secret chiefs 3 i don't know if you guys are familiar with them but they're they're pretty out there uh they do good vibrations and it's like they start out all weird but then it's becomes just a really straightforward cover of good vibrations so it's weird in that sense. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I thought they were going to do something cool. Well, they're just kind of doing good vibrations. Um, what is Melt Banana too? It's it's like worth a listen, but this was from 1998. Okay. So, Definitely. it indicates like, yeah, yeah. right. There's that. It's like that same time period. People, you know, especially like in the know, kind of like creative people appreciate it and they wanted to pay tribute. There's a bunch of Japanese bands on here, too. But this mm. is something that kind of flew under the radar that I just learned about.
0: Mm. Well, well uh, the Pet, pet Sound's sessions box set came out in 1997 that's it okay so there was also uh you know a remix that's where the first stereo mm-hmm. um, version of it I think probably uh, you know became available to people and so maybe it was just sort of that you know 30 year that was it kind of and we talked about the um, reissue sub-pop. cycle that kind yeah. of starts yeah mm-hmm. so all of that stuff would have been you know swirling around yeah. at that point creating this new narrative really mm-hmm. in the um, in the late 90s about that sounds that Maybe hadn't been there before, and I think also kind of with one thing not to be underrated here is the emergence more of internet culture, yeah. mm. where it wasn't mm-hmm. just the mono culture of you know Rolling Stone and MTV and and those mm. things yeah. dictate the conversation, but that there were a lot more forum avenues, yeah. and there were a lot of people who were really really into the idea of digging up you mm-hmm. know the the lost classics. Um, that's when, you know, the reputation of a lot of the, the other albums that I was you know, talking mm-hmm. about, Odyssey and Oracle, Village mm-hmm. Green Preservation Society, right. records that weren't huge commercial successes in their time that became these really celebrated mm-hmm. records more in the in the late 90s and early 2000s. And it just seems that Pet Sounds kind of separated itself maybe from the pack a little bit hmm. of those, but...
1: Well, interesting. You were talking about like the the ninety eight the Japan mm-hmm. covers. You know, Doctor Blade um, says that they prefer um, David Bowie's cover of "God Only Knows." <laughs> okay so, um, Stop with the, right <laughs> Glenn. Do, do you don't I, give these people oxygen. I, I, I will, I will, t- I will say, Dr. Blade, da- da- David Bowie's cover of "God Only Knows." His is pretty. Bad. Um, so Roger and me came um, out in 1989. Doctor Blade um, gave it one and a half stars and has five stars
0: for ABBA. So well, "Dancing Queen" is a fucking got, jam. He's mm, got a okay. point. Um, Forrest Gump, uh, hey. <laughs> Sleep, hey. Sleep, yeah, John, B. Was B. On that, right. hey. that That was 94, mm-hmm. 94. Yeah,
2: um, great soundtrack. Uh, yeah, I mean these little things popping up here and there. But I mean, th- th- those songs so, were so all let's be pretty too. well known.
0: Our generation saved Pet Sounds. <laughs>
2: yeah. Hey, <laughs> right. okay. <There> <laughs> our, our, our our teen, teen years. <laughs> Good, team. Pet Good Sounds job and, team. And
0: restored it to its rightful place <sighs> yeah. atop the cannon. Mm-hmm. We did okay. it. We, we did, did it. it yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> done love i it. don't know how we've allowed the continuation of something called the beach boys led by mike love to exist really I'm, gonna blame, I'm gonna blame with... millennials or yeah like, i think we're millennials he should really start spelling it with
2: a z yeah. beach boys yeah. Beach boys. to differentiate
0: you know yeah
1: hey that uh mike you're listening uh, that's Clearly. cool it's cool oh people beach love boys z, with the z you know? Know? You know, you could, you should go to India, Be the hip hop beach voice. and, you know, add Z to the end, beach boys <laughs> and Mike, if you're listening, fuck you, oh. <laughs> right. yeah. go eat some dog food. Yeah. I thought, I thought for a split second, uh, uh that I might run into Michael oh, yeah. this last weekend. We, we went to, uh, uh, pink martinis, uh, um, Halloween holiday special yeah. at the Arlene Schnitzer and. You know, Maureen Love plays is that the his harp.
2: Daughter or no, it's his
1: sister. Sister, okay. Mike loves, yeah, sh- right?
2: I guess yeah. Ma- she's the one who plays harp
1: on it. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mar- Mike Love's oh, okay. sister, Maureen Love, uh, wow. has played with um, Pink Martini. With Pink Martini, but I you guess did- she's sick, and so she wasn't oh, there. That's too bad. But I thought like, mm-hmm. oh, Maureen Love's gonna be there. They only play one show or two shows in in Portland. It's this is the, like their annual Portland you know, uh,
0: mm-hmm. holiday tradition that maybe the Loves will be in town. Again. I guarantee Mike Love is atop the list of people who refuse to come to Portland. Oh, Ooh, right. Like, Touche. Well, he but he is mean, Fox News to the core. Touché. He probably thinks it's a fucking war zone here. Right, yeah. His I mean, sister probably didn't show up because Mike's like, don't go to Portland. They'll, don't go into, you know, yeah. yeah. He's got like a brother. Hate rich white people well, there. Sta- yeah, family stand, in,
1: stands in Lake O's. I like was going to say, go, yeah, yeah, in
2: Lake oh. Yeah. Um, so it's possible if he was coming to see family. Well, that's wow. what I was saying. But I was thought maybe see... Stan
1: would be there. Like, Mike, you know, Kevin Love, the basketball right. player. You, might... didn't, you didn't spot he any told. baseball caps in the no, crowd? I, I was looking. I was looking for little, mm. like, you know. Um, the scrambled eggs Scrambled top, egg the, caps. Yeah. The yeah. There mm. were a couple around. But Arlene Schnitzer's too nice. Like, I don't, you can't wear hats oh, He would still wear one. He would wear yeah, He it. would. Yeah, he probably would. He'd
0: wear a top hat. Yeah. Well. <laughs> you know. Give give them the Portland welcome, you know. Get Tanya Harding to hire somebody Oh uh, come on! Dashes. <laughs> wow
2: baby, right? wow. Sounds like another episode of heroes and villains. <laughs> no, let's not do that. All right. Well, Glenn
0: yeah. is over there pointing at his watch.
2: Well hey, I'm just
1: saying.
0: Pet we're sounds. Pet sounds. Talking pet sounds. It's, yeah. it's, this, it's
1: this is a mega episode. It's a mega. We're Brian, gonna, Wilson. we're going to run to like an it's hour a mega and a half episode. episode. It's not a five ma- star. A mega ten star. Episode. Ten star. Timeless. Yeah. It's perfect. And and we saved it.
0: We saved it. Congrats. Good job, guys. We did it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we didn't, though. You know, we we tried to... We'll, we'll get maybe more into this because we're about to enter into a fascinating era of the Beach Boys. And we're not just talking smile. Like, this next mm. four or five mm-hmm. years of the Be- of the Beatles, of the Beach Boys is just a weird, weird, fascinating time period. It is. In, in which a lot of the elevation of pet sounds... Is going to bring this era into a little bit of more more focus as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously huge intrigue that surrounds you know Smile and everything uh, you know adjacent to it. But some of this other later stuff will also similarly become this really interesting touchstone, particularly the 2000s. We're talking about the whole idea of like bedroom pop and weird indie stuff mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. As, as we get into like these post Pet mm-hmm. Sounds, post Smile records. Um that's, I, I think that's another conversation yeah. that we kind of continue. This. I'm excited. We how, gotta how I'm do too. we how do we control the narrative of who the Beach Boys are? Because if you look at this idea that Pet Sounds is revived in the mid to late nineties, well it's reviving the Beach Boys image from county fairs, yeah. full mm-hmm. house, yeah, the series of god awful Beach Boys <laughs> albums mm-hmm. that eventually we're gonna be talking about. And I don't know, it's just that the whole Pet Sounds story just kind of is central to that because it's being raised up at this time when all of that other stuff is fighting to keep the whole cool element of the Beach Boys mm-hmm. down. And I don't know, I, I, I think that's something I hadn't really thought about it before we started recording this episode, and now I'm just talking and talking and talking. But the elevation of Pet Sounds in the mid to late 90s is sort of a fascinating part yeah. of the Beach Boy story. Yeah, yeah. they... they
2: fought out of the full household, fought their way out. Yeah. Fought their way Which out. Which is hard because you know, people
0: love John Stamos. <laughs> <laughs> the man zip lines everywhere. Yeah. 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 Well Boop. hey. Yeah. We're gonna take a, a <laughs> one last break. We'll come back to wrap it all up and uh, yeah, we'll be right back. <laughs> We are back to wrap things up here uh, our longest episode of the new show and it's a rarity we're gonna we're gonna work to keep y'all you, you know in and out within an hour or so but a lot to talk about obviously with with uh, that sounds um, we're gonna be back next week we're gonna be talking about Smile mm. not an album um, not a specific release, just kind of the the Smile Project. Brian stayed yeah. home,
1: and he came up with Pet Sounds this album. What's he going to do next? Yeah, yeah. What's so mm-hmm. look, Looking
0: forward to that. Fascinating, yeah. fascinating yeah. era. Um, in the meantime, you know what to do. Mm-hmm. Go to Instagram. Go check out that check uh, out video
1: uh, of um, Mike drinking uh, out of a boot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I am
0: going to post that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go to Talkin' Beach Boys. Talk, Talking Beach Boys and Strange Currencies Music on mm-hmm. Instagram. Um, go check out all that great content on strangecurrenciesmusic.com. We had a record-breaking month here hey, in December. It's, um, it's yeah. coming together. It's it happening. It is. And, traction. Uh, traction. Yeah. And on YouTube, if you're watching us on YouTube... Subscribe. Prom, yeah, props to you. Thank you. Smash Le- leave that that, some like comments. That. Mm-hmm. Um follow the lead of Murray and Justin and Tim's dad. Yeah. <laughs> Put comments out there. We know that it, YouTube is a cesspool of terrible comments, but yeah. you know. Leave right. leave a terrible comment. Leave a terrible sure. comment. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening and we'll uh we'll catch you next week. Later. Bye.